0: Hi, I'm Troy Richards and I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading
1: through the Bible in a year and on this podcast We examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it
0: is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus.
1: Well, hi, Pastor Troy. Hello, Daniel. You ready to... Kind of dig in here. I am ready to dig in. This is a great
0: week. I, I sometimes say that every you week. You say but that every week. I do. Week. See this, but uh, today we are going to be talking about the end of Deuteronomy, so the exit of Moses, which is, I mean, if you really think about it. We've been going through the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. The law, and um, and now we have completed it uh, this week, and so Ooh. we and we see how Moses exits, which he does have a uh, an interesting um, <laughs> death story. Uh, also, going through the Psalms and Proverbs, always good nuggets of wisdom and. Um, Love the wisdom literature and the songs also. Uh, And uh, the Gospel of Luke, uh, Jesus is teaching us about fasting and the Sabbath. Uh, There's some incredible miracles that take place, as well as showing the role of women in Jesus' life. So uh, it's uh, going to be a good day. Interesting. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Uh, it's exciting. We are also still dealing with the COVID-19 thing, so we don't have a a guest with us today. Daniel and I have... Been exposed to each other enough disease-wise, we can uh, say
1: I'm immune to Pastor Troy <laughs> at this <laughs> right, point. it's right. <laughs> uh, although he
0: is wearing a mask, it's just really kind of weird here. No, he's not <laughs> really. But. Growing my COVID beard to cover has <laughs> right. a filter. That's right. The quarantine. I was noticing something about some of the late night talk shows and so forth, and um, they're doing stuff from their homes and things. And I'm thinking, you think they could have better quality with all the money these you people
1: know, have? Yeah. <laughs> millions of dollars. That's right. Millions it looks of like they just have a, like
0: they have an iPhone or something <laughs> in their room and they're just recording. And it's like, wow, they're just
1: trying to be like the common folk. I think that's, but
0: we know that they're not. They're and not. so, yeah. but Daniel and I are sparing no expense we're still using our top-notch equipment Top. our high-end studio yep and A high-end um, studio and surrounded by <laughs> so choir you, robes
1: and old music exactly
0: and, so you yeah. get the um uh, so you get the full full impact we're, we're not we're not we're not lowering our standards in any way <laughs> during this uh pandemic so uh but uh anyway so we're going to we're going to hit it hard
1: yep. when we come back yeah we'll be right back And we're back. Welcome back. Um, we are going to ping to the pong on this. Ping you think? pong.
0: And last time I went first, so this time Daniel, <sighs> I'm going to bounce the ball to you and okay. share with us what you found interesting this week in the reading.
1: Well, so I think what I liked most about the reading overall this week is how much um, the Old and New Testaments kind of collide in different areas. They um, just kind of echo each other. And um, so most of my Devotional moments kind of come from that dynamic. Um, First of which um, that I picked up on is in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 23. Mm -hmm. Um, It just has a little little supplemental section. I think it's in parentheses, even in my Bible, that says, um, "He who hangs on a tree is accursed by God." And it's like, wow, that's that's a bummer, you know, in Moses' time. So if you're, you know, special way to die for for a Jew. But then, of course, us having you know, in light of Jesus.
0: Yeah, especially this time of year. Uh,
1: this, yeah, especially this time of year. This is going to come out on um, Thursday, Monday Thursday, um, mm-hmm. this week. So um, very timely, very timely word. Just to to recognize that Jesus, when he was hung on a tree, just it wasn't just you know the manner of execution. It was the manner of execution of the day, but it wasn't just for that purpose. There was a dual reason in. To, to signify to the people that this is the worst way to go, even mm-hmm. for a Jew. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And Judas
0: also. Judas and Judas also, also yeah, from a tree. he hung
1: from a tree. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you you have the one man of lawlessness and the one man of righteousness, yeah. um, dying the same way, the the accursed way. But um, of course, one of them was to bring about life, and one brought one brought about death. So. Yeah, I don't know. Just a looking forward to Jesus kind of kind of moment for me there. Um, but yeah. um, that's 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 one of my smaller ones. But I'll do a soft serve back to yeah, you. Yeah, that was a cool connection though. I've,
0: uh, connecting the Old Testament with the New. I always like that. Um, one of mine was when Jesus said in Luke six forty six through forty eight. He says, mm. "But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them." I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. And I remember years ago, somebody sharing me, especially in Israel, in that area, when people in the promised land, uh, when people would build a home, they didn't have contractors come out and lay down uh, a footer and, and so forth. You dug. And you dug mm-hmm. until you got to rock, and when you got to rock, then you built on top of that rock, and mm-hmm. that's how your uh, house was. If you did not uh, take the time to dig down and just put your house up on top of the sand or the loose ground or whatever, then uh, whenever something happened, uh, whenever there was a severe weather event or a flood or whatever, it just was simply wash your home away. And mm-hmm. uh, and so it was. It was just a testimony of those who were willing to put the effort in uh, to have a more a more secure home than those who didn't. We have stories like that, like the grasshopper and the ant, and so forth, to show the value of one working hard versus one not. But Jesus makes it even more plain that uh, this is about adhering to his words. That what he is saying is not easy to follow. It's not just it's not just simple. Uh, It's it is difficult to do the things he is asking us to do. But he's saying, let me show you what that's like. It's like when you build a house. That if you take the time to do it right, then you have a house that will stand. And uh, you know, all you have to do is look around and see so much of people's lives that have collapsed and so forth, and realize that they they cut corners. They I I've done that in my own life. I've skipped steps. I've wanted to jump ahead and, and say, I don't wanna take the time to do this the right way. I wanna I wanna get to the end result here. And uh and there are no shortcuts. There's no easy way through and, and God always has to take us back and and walk us through the process, but um, it, like even through this reading God's word thing, there's so many times that people are like, oh my goodness, it takes so much time and effort and energy to read. I just want to, uh, you know, just give me a verse or give me a, mm-hmm. give me a couple of words yeah. and be done with give it. Give me a podcast. Yeah, uh, Give me a podcast to make this simple for me. Um, and uh, and uh, and the hard part is the, the crazy part is. It's hard to get people to listen to the podcast. It's like, oh, that's even too much. <laughs> to listen to people explain the Bible to me is too much effort. And, well, I mean, the result is going to be when life's tests come, you're not going to have the ability to withstand some of the things that come because you haven't taken time to lay your foundation. Wow. That's
1: so, good. Yeah. That's good, that's good. Okay. Uh, my, me? You yeah, me? Back, back, to, back? You. Okay. Yeah, back um, to you. <clears throat> okay, so in Deuteronomy 24, um, verse 18, um, it says, um, it's. this is a common refrain. I've noticed, um, if you're doing the reading, you may have noticed that he says over and over again, God tells his people, remember that you were a slave in Egypt. <clears throat> And and he uses that as like a kind of a motivating prod to get them to act a certain way towards um you know, to the alien among them and to their brothers and sisters in this area, um, in chapter twenty four, um, it says, Therefore I'm commanding you to do this thing, because remember you're a slave, right? Um and so I read through that and it's it's a really, really good um application um in general. But then read on when we read our section this week in Luke chapter six uh, verse 30, it says, um, Jesus kind of comes back and and refrains this. He says, "Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back." And those are almost the exact same words that God tells his people to do when they borrow from each other and when they need things. And he says, and Jesus could have, you might as well have said, remember you were slaves in Egypt. Yeah. Um, so um, that just, that just struck me during this time of um, like, like we talked about, we, we've been in the kind of COVID crisis um, yeah. with, where everyone is struggling to get groceries and food and basic supplies. Um, just a, just Taking care of each other like Christians yeah. and not and giving it to each other, not expecting to get anything back. Um, right. That kind of Christian dynamic that we can really show the lost world. What we're about during this time. Um, yeah, because uh, you know, like at Christmas time when everybody's fighting over that one toy for, yeah. their, for their
0: own kid or whatever, and just having the ability to say, "You take it," mm. um, It's a whole another animal.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and just to remember that we were we were slaves in Egypt in 2020. We were slaves to. To our, sin, sin, to our yeah, sin, yeah, to to our old way. So um, anyway, that's, yeah. that struck me. Yeah, when you see people
0: who are—I think we run into this problem in the church where you see people who are still—who are slaves to sin, and we are judgmental about that. Mm. And it's like, hey, that was us. Yes. We were, we've all been in that place. I, I, it's amazing how we think we were never—did things like that <laughs> or were never a part of that. I think that sometimes— weakens our own faith when we... I think, well, the reality is, unless you can come to terms with the fact that we are sinners, then you really can't receive salvation. Mm-hmm. You don't need a Savior unless you know that you are sick and that mm-hmm. you are in need of a Savior. That's why Paul said he was chief among sinners. But anyway, so um, good call. Good deal. Is yeah. it back to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Up? Okay, Luke 5, 12 through 13, he says, and it happened when he was in a certain city that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Mm. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, "I am I willing, am willing. Yep. be cleansed immediately. The leprosy left him. Uh, that is one of the greatest exchanges uh, between a person who is ill coming to Jesus for healing because he says, "If you are willing, and Jesus gives this incredible response of, "I am willing." And you know, especially we were talking about. I think disease is on everybody's mind. Uh, ad infinitum, uh mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, and and thinking about being unclean, it reminds me of when uh, when AIDS was such a, a problem and mm. and an epidemic, and uh, and people were, ta- were afraid to touch one another, you know, and and as far as touching someone's hand or giving someone a hug or whatever, and and you know, we're we're doing practicing social distancing and and so forth, and and, and those are good things. I'm not trying to take away from that. But the power of Jesus to not be afraid, but but instead to have complete confidence in the power that God has given him. You know, I used to tell my kids, I said, you know, the, the thing that made Jesus unique is when something, he's the only person who when something dirty touched him, he didn't get dirty he made the dirty clean you know and when we touch something that's dirty we get dirty but when jesus touched something he made whatever was unclean clean and mm-hmm. and that's just the the power of god within him and i think that's the power the holy spirit gives us when uh when we have the ability to to share that with others we are to when we are filled with the holy spirit and being used in the power of the holy spirit we bring holiness to people we we infect them with with holiness, so to speak, instead of them infecting us with sin. But that's not because of our ability to withstand sin; it's because it's it's God within us. But uh, but the bigger issue here to me is so many people wonder if if God wants us to be healed. I know when people when we pray for people to be healed, and and it's a very sensitive thing because when you have somebody who's sick and you're in the hospital, and um and I I will I will hear people. Desperate, they will say, "You know, what? would you pray for my healing?" And, and if it's God's will for me to be healed, and they're saying it as if they are sick, or, or they have cancer, or they have heart disease, or they have, or they have some type of flu virus, or, or COVID nineteen, or whatever, as if God's in heaven going, mm, "I'm not sure I want them to be better. I, I maybe I just want them to have this. I want them to have to suffer with this, or it's my will for them to have to suffer." And, and I, and I understand the dynamic there because you, what happens is, is we pray for people to be healed and they, and from our visible perspective, they are not healed and they get worse or they die. Mm-hmm. And so our thought process is sometimes God heals people and sometimes he doesn't heal people. But the revelation that Jesus gives us is that he always heals people. Ultimate healing though. Is when he gives you a new body that cannot be infected. When he was healing the leper, what he was showing is, I have the power to heal this right now. You're still gonna get sick from something else at some point. You're still gonna die. This body's gonna waste away. It's gonna get reinfected with something else, or something's gonna cause it to die. But ultimately, I'm just showing that I have the power to make everybody well, to make everybody whole. And there will come a time that he will make us all completely and totally whole. Uh, Right now, uh, if there's a need for temporary healing for you to do whatever it is God put you here to do, he can offer that healing. He can make you well in order to accomplish his will and his purpose uh, for whatever it is he has going for you. So when you have somebody who's sick, say, for instance, you have cancer or you have heart disease or whatever, and you say, is it God's will for me to be healed? Let me clarify that it it is his will for you to be healed. The question is, is it his will for you to be healed right now of this particular infirmity in this body, in this life, for you to continue? To carry out whatever it is his purpose is for you here. It may be his will for you to have this disease a little bit longer. It may be his will for you to uh, suffer at this particular juncture in life in order for his will to be accomplished. But after that period of suffering is over, it is always his will to then completely heal you for all eternity, and never lose sight of that, because it is not about well, God forgot about me, or God doesn't love me enough to make me well. He, it is always His will to heal His children. He, He is willing to heal you. It's just a question of what does He need right now in this moment
1: uh, for you to do. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, for me, kind of my, I had a couple little things, but the, my last big kind of take away. Um, and you try to try to hang with me here. I'm going to run through a few few different verses, but in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29 it says, "The secret things belong to the Lord our God." But I wrote that one down. You wrote that. Oh, I'm stealing it. Take it. Uh, the the um, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever, that we may observe all the words of this law. All right. So Hold on, holding on to that. Got it. I had bracketed out um, to come back to later. So I keep, I keep reading, and then we read in, about the death of Moses in uh, chapter 34, and it says in uh, verse 6, he capital H God um, buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor, but no man knows his burial place to this day. All right. So God himself buries Moses. Jumping forward again to almost the end of the Bible the book that bears my second born's name, Jude, right. um, Jude, um, well only chapter, chapter one, um, verse, oh, what is it? Um, nine verse nine. It says, but Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said the Lord rebuke you, which is Jude is such a weird book. It is of yeah. the Bible. Um, and but right before Revelation, which makes it even better. it just tees you up for it. Yeah. Um, but all that going back to, um, the, there's so much we don't know, right? Yeah. Um, Israel had no idea where Moses was buried or how all that even happened. Um, I I don't know what it looks like for Michael and the devil to argue about a body. Um, I don't I don't know anything about that spiritual world. Really, we don't know much right. at all. Um, but what we do know in, um, chapter Deuteronomy 29 verse 29 is that we may observe all the words of this law, the things that we are given, you know, God's not obligated to tell us everything about everything, you know, right. we have his word, um, and the word is sufficient for us to live in obedience. Um, and sometimes I guess, I, and people say this, but it's so true. Like, I just want the answers yeah. To my questions, I want the answers to why do I have to live this way when, you know, lost people seem to be having a great time. Um, and and like we talked about last week, the servants that um, serve all day versus the ones that serve just for a few hours at the yeah. end of the day and get the same reward. Um, there's just there's so many questions about why this, why that. But God's word is sufficient for our obedience and for our our establishment in righteousness. And yeah. I think it's. Um, It's just a great reminder to us that we don't know it all. Even if we know all that the word says, we still don't know it all. And I think when you look at
0: people in the world, too, who are who are wanting to know the secrets, if you really look at the motivation behind why people want to know the secret things of the Lord, it's so that they don't need the Lord anymore. Mm. They, it's like, if I can figure out how all this works, then I don't need to pray. I don't need to yeah. ask God. I don't need a God at all. And, and that's really the quest behind the theory of evolution and, and naturalism and, and trying to find some philosophy that works and, and answers to all of life's difficulties and so forth, the secrets to life, uh, the reason, even people who say they don't have any understanding of God or don't want to know God, the reason why they're looking for these things is because if you can find those things, then you don't need God. Uh, that's the, the offering that yeah. Satan made Adam and Eve at the tree of knowledge of good and mm-hmm. evil. You know, I'm going to give you something. So he's, and it's like, He's trying to hide this from you because he knows if you have this, you will be like him. And uh and and that's what that's what he's saying. The secret things belong to God. Yeah. They we're not one, we're not capable of handling this type of information mm. um or else God would give it to us. And he's given us what we need, what we need. in order to do what he, he's put us here to do.
1: And in the Proverbs, I don't know, I don't think it was in this week's reading, but it does say um Something like, it, it says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, uh, mm. but it's the glory of kings to search it out, yeah. right? Um, some things are just hidden from us. We can figure out, um, but it's that's part of the give and take relationship of God. Can Some things are concealed just so that we can discover more about yeah. his nature. Uh, and a couple of things,
0: staying on that, uh, one, uh, something I had never really paid attention to, I always had a picture in my mind. Uh, about God burying Moses, that he died up on the mountain. Mm. And uh, and somebody was talking to me about uh, the burial of Moses and so forth in the reading this week. Somebody who's doing the reading, which is always exciting. Somebody's <laughs> actually doing the reading. And uh, and I went back and was looking at it and thought, oh, he was buried in the valley. So he came down off the mountain because mm. I, I have this, – this is a weird Lord of the Rings geek moment. <laughs> I have this picture in my head of like when um, – when um, uh, Bilbo gives the book to Frodo uh, to, to to finish, and then and then Frodo gives the book to Samwise mm-hmm. to finish, uh, because when you die you can't finish out the book. So at mm-hmm. some point Moses is handing the book over, I assume to Joshua, to Joshua and yeah. uh, and so here it is. It's like so close it out. And I was trying to figure out what's the very last thing that Moses could have recorded. Well, Moses. God took him up on the mountain to see the promised land as he promised to do. But then he does come down off the mountain, obviously, because he is then buried. He dies and is buried in the valley uh, where nobody knows, except God, I'm assuming, supernaturally reveals that to Joshua who records that uh, so that it is a, a mystery. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things I also wrote on that same Deuteronomy 29:29 is that Moses warns us not to follow the dictates of our heart and ignore what God has shown us believing that we will have peace in spite of God's word. He reveals his truth for a purpose, that we will obey him and have life abundantly. Jesus even clarified and said our love for him and friendship with him is based on our obedience. Discipline is a constant struggle because of the nature of our flesh. Everything in us is drawn to pleasures that will destroy us. Mm. And I, I kind of I you know, even wrote just a personal note that I I just question why he made us that way. Why we would be drawn to the things that why is sugar so sweet yet decays our teeth and gives us diabetes. Uh so you know what what's the deal with that? Why would you make it why wouldn't you make it taste more like asparagus? You know, like raw <laughs> asparagus, even uh, but some, something something really nasty or gross. Uh, but um, but instead, the things that we like the most, the things that seem to hurt us the most. And here's here's what I got from that: uh, Who is the, who am I as the clay to question how the Potter has made mm, me? Yeah. And uh, he had a reason and a purpose and a plan and all of it. Uh, and and sometimes it doesn't make sense to us. But he has revealed to us what we need to do and, and how we need to live. Uh, you know, it's like, why did Daniel eating vegetables, why was that a good thing as opposed to when the king was offering all these wonderful foods and everything? It's like, well, this is just the way God wanted it done. And he blessed him as a result. That is that is the order, the law that we need to remember that Jesus told us. He says, let me just just bring it out, bring it home for you, make it really simple. You just do what I tell you to do, <laughs> and everything will be good <laughs> and yes. uh, and just it is just a simple matter of trust, and he has proven that he's worthy of that trust. Now it's just a question of whether we will we will obey him and trust him and um
1: and be his friends. yeah we had a um we had a text in devotional moment just now uh, oh, wow. live. Well, not live for you guys, but live for us. Ooh, right here, right um, now. Yeah. Um, and we had a church member text in um, they, something they noticed in Deuteronomy chapter 30. So this is as good of a, a guest, ho- guest star as all right, we wow. get. Um, but it says, um, I'm going to just read the text. Another thing I noticed after all the horrendous things that are going to happen to the Israelites because of their disobedience. Deuteronomy 30 verse 1 begins with the word when um I lo- and this person said i love that god gives them and us a way back to him because he has compassion on us definitely not because we deserve it mm. um, so wow just a good good that's little awesome. insight the word then yeah. so what a good um word. person who who texted it in thank you you know who you are uh, <laughs> but I, I thought that was that was a really good word Do they, they know we're doing this right now they I, I don't know i said we do that's really weird i know yeah. T- ironic timing awesome, spirit filled yeah. timing yeah that's right um I I was my
0: phone. I I know. Maybe
1: you got stuff. Um, Okay, I do. I do have.
0: Oh, wait a second.
1: Oh no, that was to both of us.
0: (laughs) Oh okay. (laughs) I got one too. No way. No wait. No, that's that's yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I I just pick off off theirs and also in chapter thirty of Deuteronomy. um, It's uh, especially in verses nineteen and twenty. I'll just read it, it. Says, I call. This is Moses talking to the people. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live and you and your descendants by loving the Lord, your God, by obeying his voice and by holding fast to him for this is your life and the length of days. Um, and he goes on, but, um, like how do we choose life? Like that's, Mm. that's like the big question, um, for, for people. And, um, he, he lays it out. Number one, you love the Lord. Um, and I think most of us, most Christians stop, is loving the Lord mm. um, but it's three part um, three part thing to choose life you love the Lord you obey his voice and you hold fast to him um, mm. these three things are the are the choice um, your choice isn't just a, a thought that you have your choice is your life um, that you live uh, your choice is o- obedience to his voice and love for the Lord when I love someone when I, when I love my wife I didn't just say I do on the wedding day and peace out. Um, I, (laughs) that was not choosing life with her. Um, that was, that would have been a poor decision uh, to do that. But instead I, um, as, as it relates to her, I love her. I serve her and I hold fast to her. Um, and it's, and it's very similar to, to life walking with God. Um, so I don't know. It was a a cool moment. It's very cool. Very cool. Very cool.
0: Um, one more thing before we get to some questions, um, Dum, bum, bum, bum. let me make sure I've got the right thing here um, the where he says in Luke 747 mm. uh, which reminds me of a jet yeah <laughs> uh, therefore I say to you her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much but to whom little is forgiven the same loves little uh, the yeah. wording of that verse is pretty compelling because it implies that i'm when i'm forgiven that my love is a response to the forgiveness not reversed uh that she's and but in the first part it's like it's contingent upon love it says because this is which uh, her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much and then that's a that's where you get into parsing greek verbs and so forth and, and things get a little bit complicated trying to discover so which was it was she forgiven because she loved much or what does she love much because she'd been forgiven uh because the second part says but to whom little is forgiven the same loves little but um but anyway all that aside you know, there is what Jesus is trying to communicate to these people is you have all these people around, and and he's uh, you, this is where you have Mary who comes in and and uh, is weeping on his feet and and is wiping down her feet with her hair and and anointing his his feet with alabaster and and um, and and. And he points out that you didn't do any of these things for me when I came in, but she, who has so much sin that she is aware of and and everybody's judging you know looking around going if he knew that she was a sinner, he would not be letting this woman touch his feet but but he Jesus turns around and says this this illustrates that she has a great awareness of her sin." and and so often we have a, we we really have a hard time understanding the gravity or the weight of our sin the reality is is that all of us have this huge debt of sin and it doesn't matter if we've been looking good to other people what's in our heart and jesus continually try to do that continually try to show your hearts are all so depraved your hearts are all so wicked you think that you are good but you just lack the opportunity to do evil for the, whether because of social norms or whatever you're just trying to be good for whatever reason but if but if given the opportunity there's wickedness would come out and and therefore we all need a savior and and, and that is reflected in the way we love other people because you know I, I know when my kids are really sorry you know when when you have your kids and they do something wrong you say you say you're sorry it is so obvious in a child when they don't mean it. <laughs> you know, they're like, I'm sorry. Really like I'm not sorry, but I'm forced to say I'm sorry, so I'm doing it to avoid any further retribution or punishment. And which is not being sorry at all. But that's because they don't really think they're they've done anything wrong, or they don't think they've been wronged more than they've been wronged, or, or they've done wrong more than they've been wrong. And so and we're the same way. It's like, yeah, yeah, I you know, so we go to worship and it's like yeah, I, I, I love the Lord and I want to do all these things, but I really think that I'm okay apart from all of that. Uh, but when we really are bankrupt, when we really are, um, that, those, are the, those are the most meaningful worship times. Those are the most meaningful, that's when we come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I, whatever you want me to do, I'll mm-hmm. do it. Because uh, because I I obviously don't even deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be alive. So I uh, I... I will serve you abundantly. And and so the way we, when you and I do not love other people, we are expressing, I'm really a, a great person when you get into it. And I don't have to love you because I'm a super person and uh, and I have so little sin in my own life. And so therefore I can judge you and treat you however I want to treat you. Um but when we, um, but when we really recognize the love that that uh, the the amount that we've been forgiven or whatever, uh, it just changes our whole attitude about Jesus, changes our whole attitude about other people, changes our whole and it, it's it's visible. People can see it. It's real and uh, in many ways tangible. So anyway, cool. don't I, I I don't see it on Daniel's face <laughs> at all. Just, he doesn't know. He's he's struggling over there. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just smile and nod. Yes, yeah, smile and nod. That's right. <laughs> so we won't go through a list of our own personal sins just to see who's more worthy of, uh, or who, who needs
1: more grace <laughs> who has, than the other one. Who right? has more love as a response yeah. to forgiveness. Um, cool. Well, okay. you, we want to move on to question and answer? Yeah, let's take a break. And we'll get some, some questions yep. and then we'll, we'll wrap right. it up. We'll be back. And welcome back. Uh, We're just going to talk about a couple questions. Uh, Dun-dun-dun-dun. What was sent in, Pastor Troy? What we got?
0: These weren't questions that were sent in per se. These are questions that people have asked that I felt this was a good time to put them in. And one Mm -hmm. of the questions was... How do I know if God is calling me into the ministry? Hmm. And in the reading this week, there was in Luke chapter 5, verses 8 through 11, it says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, that's after Jesus performed a miracle of the fish. And uh, he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon and Jesus, uh, and Jesus said to Simon, "Do not be afraid, from now on you will catch men." So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. There are a couple of things that are happening here that are very important. And one is a recognition of our worth our unworthiness. In the presence of Christ. I think one of the essential elements of knowing you are called is to know that you are unworthy to be called, that you are not worthy to be a servant of Christ. You're not worthy to be uh, somebody who is used by Him. You know, it's not that I think I'm a great guy, so I'm going to be a preacher. That shouldn't be your thinking. It should be I'm not worthy to be a servant of Christ. But then a clear recognition that in spite of your unworthiness, that Jesus is asking you to do something for him and recognizing that he is saying, I want you to do this for me, not because you are worthy, but because I am. I am worthy of you doing what I am asking you to do, that uh, that I am worthy of your worship. I am worthy of your service. And so therefore, it's a, a kind of an Isaiah moment. Uh, I'm a man of unclean lips in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Uh, but then still, here am I. Send me. You know, just uh, I, I'm, I'm here available to you. Use me however you want. I think that's um, those those elements of God's calling and, and, and just throw something in on top of it. I think that will be affirmed by others. I think other people will affirm. Yes, it is clear that God is using you in this purpose, in this way, because we can clearly see that this is not your effort. This is the this is the work of God in your life. And, and therefore, God gets the glory for it uh, rather than you yourself another question um this is a very sensitive one (laughs) uh is uh is it okay to be cremated um Hmm. i get asked that um often actually uh and i'm probably gonna have an answer that's a little bit different than some i'm gonna say that one i don't know uh i'm just gonna that's as clear as I can make it, I guess.
1: Thanks again I, for listening I, I don't, to the Honest <laughs> and Jesus podcast. I don't, I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, I I don't. I can't find anything in Scripture that prohibits a person from being cremated. Um, the I know a lot of people are pro cremation. I know it's, uh, it's utilized a lot. It's not a question of can God put the pieces back together again, <laughs> uh, because one, uh, you know, we, I think our, our understanding of DNA and so forth this is really a neat time to know we have that time. If 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 we know the code that we all have a code within the strands of DNA, and we can, we believe at least theoretically, we could reconstruct a person based on that code. Absolutely. God knows that code. I think it's I think it's a testimony to creation. I think it shows that yes, God knows each and he knows your DNA and He knows how you are He knows how you are made and every part about you and He has that sequence memorized and He can put you back together again no matter how it's taken apart and perfect it and give you a perfected body. But um but in the story of God and Moses, uh when he takes Moses down the valley and it says he buries him, I just I just I lean that direction. I think we've done that for years. Jesus was put into a tomb. I, I, every example I have in scripture is of people that there's some type of reverence for the body that's made. So I I'm, I apologize for uh, pro cremation people out there, yeah. but I'm I just I, I I can't in my reading of God's word it leans toward that we continue to do uh, burials. I think that uh, that's just. I, again, there's no specific verse that says pro one way or the other, but that is the practice that is done. When God had the option, uh, He chose to bury Moses, uh,
1: mm. so the scripture says. So, anyway, I'm going with that. You got anything no. any on that? Okay. No, that's good. You'll it's leave awesome. me out there all alone on that I, one. I aren't love you? it. No. Well, and and just just thinking, if just if God can create a universe, um, and He's going to give you a new body, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't think that cremating anyone will st- stop. God's plan for being accomplished, right? Exactly. right? I He's unportable. But I've, I think you're right. I think the Scripture leans... When Scripture leans away, it's good to lean away with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so...
0: Right. And speaking of scripture leaning in a particular way, uh, someone else, uh, uh, I don't think it was as much a question, just as an observation about uh, the women he mentions in Luke chapter 8. Uh, it says, afterward he was traveling from one town and village to another, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary called Magdalene, seven demons had come out of her. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others who were them from their possessions. What an amazing little nugget mm. from Luke, where you have a time in a very patriarchal society and in a, a male-dominated uh, culture, you have Luke pointing out that Jesus uh, had found favor. Uh, men and women are, yeah. are following him. And while he he did reserve the role of the apostles for a group of men, um, he there were a lot of women who served alongside Jesus and with Jesus. Jesus and and where Jesus found some of his his where Jesus went and relaxed and found company. It was in the company of uh, of um, Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus and uh, and so this was a this was a common thing, especially with Luke, because you have Luke having. A significant uh where we we've talked about I think in a previous podcast how he probably interviewed Mary uh and got a lot of his information because it's such intimate details about the early parts of jesus's life and and especially something things that only Mary would know uh and and Luke was a historian, so that would it would only stand a reason, but to highlight Elizabeth and uh, highlight Mary at the beginning of the gospel showing uh, that God is uh, esteeming them uh, and giving them great prominence I think uh, when when Paul says there is neither male nor female it is important to God there's no God loves men or boys better than women or girls Uh, we have each our I think gender identity is important I think he did create male and female well I don't think it I know it he says it Uh, he created male and female but his love for them is equal and uh, and there is no greater there is no distinction just because he gives one one role and one another doesn't mean he prefers one or the other he just gives distinctives in how he wants us to serve Mm, that's
1: good yeah there's no no social or um, gender or um, economic class that's excluded uh, yeah. from service it's and, a, and
0: a little side thing there um that's where his support came from yeah that's how uh, that's how he ate and
1: got it yeah. and got his clothes he talks a lot about the poor people that he hangs around and a whole lot about the fishermen and the yeah. lower class people but there were there were some wealthy people some the, people of affluence who believed yeah. in him and who and who had no problem providing for them and he
0: allowed them to provide for him so yeah that's awesome
1: awesome well thank you pastor troy um thank you Mr. we're, we're praying that the um the isolation that um Causes us to not be able to gather as large groups um, as we'd want to. will end soon. Um, That's right. And this Sunday, if you're listening to the podcast uh,
0: when it's released, uh, is Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. and we've got two opportunities to worship with us. 9 a.m. You can watch us online uh, with our uh, live stream, but at 10:30, we're inviting people to park in our parking lot, and we're going to preach outside. It'll be on uh, an FM radio signal. Yeah. And so you'll stay in your cars. It's kind of like drive-in church. Well, it is drive-in <laughs> in church. And and, uh, and Daniel and I will perform. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be out. Daniel will be leading us in worship. I will be bringing the message. Uh, but if you just want to get out of the house and uh, stay in the comfort of your car, uh, keeping maintaining social distance there is a great <laughs> opportunity to worship. So, so two opportunities to worship uh, this coming Sunday. For sure. For sure.
1: Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast put on by First Baptist Church of Jackson. If you would like more information, you can find us online on our website at firstbaptistjackson.com. You can email us at daniel at firstbaptistjackson.tv. Or you can find us on social media, First Baptist Jackson on Facebook and FBCJMO on Instagram. We've got a lot of content in all of those places, and we would love to hear your questions on the content that we cover. If you would like to be a part of the podcast, you can email us and message us at any of those ways, or you can call the church office at 573-243-8415, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.